Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi there, and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, recently, I've looked at uh, Ring of Steel by Alexander Watson, which is uh, an excellent book and uh, describes the First World War from the perspective of Germany and Austria. Um, and um, I'm going to go back there again um, in this episode to look at the July crisis, um, the countdown to the outbreak of war. Um, and this section looks as a really kind of like a, a European uh, dimension on, on that, but also situates it much in the, the kind of the, the um, perspective of um, the Austro-Hungarian uh, and um, the German empires. So without further ado, Let's look at the July crisis. And um, Alexander Watson writes, The Austro-Hungarian ultimatum issued to Serbia on the evening of the 23rd of July made, new t- made newspaper headlines across Europe. In Germany, the assassination of the Habsburg heir and his wife had dominated front pages at the end of June, but interest soon waned. It was far from the only news that summer. There was war in Albania a French state visit to Russia, and at home, by-elections and the, condem- and the condemnation of the well-known Alsatian artist Hansi for inciting uh, class hatred. The sensational murder um, trial of Madame, C- Madame Callot, the French cabinet minister's wife, who'd shot and killed the, editors, the editor of, the, of Paris's foremost conservative newspaper, Le Figaro, also made absorbing reading for the holiday season. The Habsburg note, however, wrenched German attention back to the Balkans' dispute. The Habsburg note, of course, was the ultimatum, or a series of ultimatums, um, given to uh, Serbia by the Austro-Hungarian Empire, a series of of demands, nearly all of which uh, Serbia agrees to. The only one that Serbia cannot agree to 
is the one that completely undermines Serbian um, uh, sovereignty. The idea that um, Austrian policemen and investigators um, would be able to have jurisdiction in Serbia in order to hunt for the murderers, and this is uh, something that, in the the kind of the heat of nationalist passions in Serbia, was would uh, no doubt have brought about the overthrow of the government with, with kind of public anger, uh, um, and the Austrians know the, um, that the Serbs will have to reject this, which is the reason for in, in sort of placing it within the list of demands anyway to push Serbia to the point of war um, that which Serbia will inevitably lose. The Austro-Hungarians um, believed that there was a, a ripe opportunity. The, uh, the military figures that uh, surrounded uh, the government believed there was a ripe opportunity to lay the problem of Serbia, which had been a thorn in Austria's side for several decades, to lay this t- to rest permanently. Um, and uh, and to finally finally destroy um, destroy the enemy, bring Serbia to its knees. Uh, they just need a casus belli or a a, uh, a reason to go to war. So the harshness of the um, Habsburg note startled the public, particularly in Germany, um, for there been widespread predictions of a relatively moderate response um, that the uh, idea that this would push the Balkans towards a war um, hadn't really been appreciated particularly by the German public. Perhaps um, the German government had a slightly more realistic view of things. Um, Alexander Watson writes... For all that, the bourgeois press, in accordance with the wishes of the Reich uh, government, insisted that Austria, uh, Austria-Hungary's terms were justified. The danger of the move quickly became apparent. Russia's warning on the following day that it could not remain indifferent to any Austria-Serbian conflict raised the possibility of a major international crisis. Um, so in Austria-Hungary... Um, the ultimatum turned the attention of the empire's already uh, kind of uh, distressed, uh, angry uh, and frightened uh, populations away from internal tensions. And previously what, what we'd looked at when we looked at the, uh, the aftermath of the assassination of the Archduke was that um, not just Serbian but Slavic minorities across the Austro-Hungarian Empire came under attack from the the dominant um, Austro-German um, uh, ethnic nationalities, um, there were um, small communities and uh, minority groups of Poles, Czechs, um, uh, Croats, and others who had nothing to do with the assassination of the Archduke and were not even Serbian, coming under uh, sometimes verbal, sometimes even physical attack. Um, and the, the these these tensions boiling away within this multinational, multi-ethnic empire suddenly are given a an, an external release by this ultimatum. the The press has received 
um, official instructions on how they should talk about the Habsburg note. Um, the demands were, it was acknowledged, severe but also completely justifiable and necessary. And they left no room for discussion and did not exclude the hope of maintaining peace. So newspapers uh, were there to present the population as entirely behind the initiative. Newspapers did uh, largely what they, they do now when a, a government chooses to go to war. Uh, there are a couple of dissenting ones normally, but in most countries um, the press will stand in lockstep behind the government. And the Austro-Hungarian press was very much, you know, house-trained, shall we say. They uh, understood precisely how to respond to, uh, to power. The impression that um, Austrian newspapers gave were that the, the people of Vienna, the Viennese, were um, seen as being, you know, very calm and serious, but really rather relieved that um, action was being taken against Belgrade. Uh, in Hungary, representatives of the Parliament, uh, who sat on Friday the 24th of July, were said to be at one with their people uh, when they agreed that Serbia's provocations could not go on. Clarification, it was insisted, with all means and at any price is an unavoidable necessity. Entente intervention was dismissed in the Parliament as inconceivable. And if it did happen then it wouldn't really be the fault of the uh, Austro-Hungarian Empire that a, a major European war broke out, but it would be the fault of Europe in general. So uh, it is difficult, perhaps, to gauge um, a, a, a more accurate picture of the uh, public mood at the time, because obviously many of the, uh, the, the accounts... I'll give a, a sort of a a a, um, a very kind of official version of things. A, a one that could be entirely misleading. On the evening of Saturday, the twenty fifth of July, so two days um, after the uh, note was uh, given to uh, Serbia, um, there were some misleading reports that Serbia would ex uh, accept all the demands. Um, and a new a, a communication um, arrived at 7.45 in Vienna and 9.30 in Berlin, uh, which was unsatisfactory, which said that the, the demand of uh, surrendering even temporarily Serbian sovereignty to allow the um, Austrians to investigate and carry out arrests and do whatever else they chose to do had been declined. Um, the capital cities were packed full of um, their citizens who were enjoying the warm weather. Um, and they filled up squares, stood around newspaper buildings, um, waited in cafes and bars. If one wanted news in an age before radio, one went out and looked for it. Right? Um, Alexander Watson a particular large, a particularly large crowd of over ten thousand have gathered outside the Habsburg War Ministry, anticipating that an announcement would be made here. When the ultimatum's rejection uh, and the break in diplomatic relations became known, first through newspaper extras, 
but then spread quickly by word of mouth. Most people went home. Those who stayed, however, created one of the most enduring and powerful memories of the First World War's outbreak. Outside the war ministry in Vienna, a mood of infectious patriotism prevailed. The crowd cheered the Habsburgs, Austria, the army, and now inevitable war. Stirring patriotic refrains lifted to the sky. The watch on the Rhine, hail to thee in the victor's garland, and most fittingly, the old Austrian song about the siege of Belgrade in 1717. Prince Eugen, the noble knight, adapted to the crowd's expectations of the coming campaign. Archduke Eugen, the noble knight, will battle the Serbs brave and well. He will be a bridge erect, we'll go across direct, and we'll occupy Belgrade. So that that's the kind of um, sentiment that uh, exists there. Now, the idea that this was representative of uh, all um, uh, Austrians uh, uh, and all Hungarians is, of course, something that's pretty unsustainable. We can't go arguing that, really, because um, it's even uh, from the people who were in the square that night, those that aren't deeply connected with um, profound and warlike senses of um, Austro-Hungarian national identity and nationalism. They're the ones that go home. So when we, there is this, uh, as it, Watson says, it's this enduring image of uh, Austrians cheering the outbreak of war in 1914. Well, who were those people? They were the sorts of people who would perhaps always had cheered the outbreak of war uh, and calmer heads had quite literally left the scene. So we've got to be very careful with those uh, kind of uh, in, enduring images of, of people people cheering for the for the war because it's not representative of, of, of perhaps everybody. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One student climbs upon the Radetzky monument, monument uh, and gives a speech demanding that the people who are gathered sacrifice their possessions and blood for the Kaiser and Fatherland. Um, the imperial black and gold flag um, is unfurled 
uh, and this standard uh, around um, and under this standard, about a thousand cheering people marched together down the minute the middle of the Ringerstrasse, the, uh, the, the 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 great central uh, kind of uh, boulevard of, of Austria, um, of, of uh, Vienna. There were similar scenes um, that played out in the evening uh, across the city centre of Vienna, um, at various of the monuments, outside friendly embassies, and in front of the imperial residence. The whole city, uh, wrote one resident, was seething with excitement. Uh, this kind of uh, energy of uh, patriotic fervour. In Berlin, the uh, press were quite explicit about the fact that there was a lot of tension felt amongst um, the the population uh, large in the city. The people, again, like Viennese, waiting to hear uh, what was being uh, announced. Horror was the most obvious reaction to the Habsburg ultimatum's rejection, uh, writes Watson. Nevertheless, here too, in the city centre, spontaneous patriotic demonstrations quickly formed. These began already... Uh, around 8pm, when the first rumours of Serbia's refusal started to circulate. Groups of people, some carrying Austro-German uh, or uh, German or Austro-Hungarian flags gathered, cheered the German and Austrian Kaisers, sang pa- and sang patriotic songs. Witnesses tell of demonstrations of 2,000, some of even 10,000 people. They paraded arm in arm uh, up and down Berlin's main street, the Unterden Linden, uh, being applauded by spectators in cafes on either side. Patriotic landmarks, as in Vienna, formed the focal points of either demonstration. Uh, there were impromptu speeches and there was singing outside the Kaiser's Palace, which was unoccupied as he was on his annual North Sea cruise, and on the other side of the Brandenburg Gate at Bismarck's statue. The crowd marched to the Habsburg Embassy, where they were thanked by the ambassador. Some gathered outside the offices of the Reichs-Chancellor, and were greeted by him. A noisy protest, later criticised in the press, was also held outside around midnight in front of the Russian embassy, only at 3.45am with the streets quiet. So, again, it, it, the, uh, the accounts here tell us of something really powerful being, being triggered and, and unleashed. And when... Historians write about the July crisis just being a, like a, something that's, that almost operated on its own. A.J.P. Taylor famously said that uh, the First World War um, was kind of started by train timetables. That all the, the mobilisation uh, plans were already in place and just kind of happened automatically. Well, in, in this case, I wonder, and I'm always kind of inclined to think this because I'm pretty much in agreement with Benedict Anderson on uh, the power of nationalism and the irrationality of nations and this this uh, force of kind of social and political identity um, that nationalism creates. Um, I, I'm always of the view that this is one of the you know history's primal driving forces, um, and the and, and national identity very often sweeps anything else in in in, in its wake. Um, so these demonstrations repeated in, were repeated in the following days as Austria and Germany went to war. In Berlin, a few thousand people marched on the 26th of July. Thereafter, demonstrations waned, they declined and disappeared in the midweek. 
uh, the, pro the proclamation of a state of siege on the 31st of July and the mobilisation on the 1st of August brought out crowds of unprecedented size. On the latter date, between 40,000 and 50,000 people gathered around, uh, gathered around the Kaiser's palace. Moreover, the patriotic manifestations were replicated, albeit on a smaller scale, um, across the Reich. Uh, on the 20th of July, for example, there were processions in major towns like Hamburg and Munich and Stuttgart, uh, in university towns like Freiburg and Jena uh, on um, uh, other days. In, the, in Vienna again, where there had been the beginnings of a mobilisation against Serbia had, start, had been ordered on the 25th of July, um, there was a scene of huge but organised and patriotic demonstrations um, throughout the following week. On the 26th of July, tram workers, uh, veterans, apprentices, um, about 15,000 uh, formed a crowd to more, march to the city hall. Um, three days after that, war with Serbia began on the 28th of July. Um, a parade of veterans associations watched, uh, as it was estimated, uh, by over 100,000 people. Um, uh, they marched through Vienna again, um, mainly watched by their, their family members. So um, the newspapers reported with great excitement that similar demonstrations were happening um, across the rest of the empire. Um, all divisions were miraculously appear to have been overcome. Everywhere I wrote the Reich Post, in Tyrol and Silesia, in the Carpathians, in the Hungarian Putza, on the shores of the Adriatic, no less than in the imperial city of Vienna, the population is rising in passionate approval of the decision to fight. So there, there's something really, really um, telling and really, really interesting. Um, both the German and Austrian empires had uh, a number of fundamental divisions within them. Um, geographically, um, ethnically, the Habsburg Empire, um, which contained, which, which if kind of cut back to simply Austria, it was a, a relative, would make a relatively small country. The Habsburg Empire had to hold um, you know, a dozen disparate nationalities in Europe together uh, under uh, under one banner. It's very very difficult. It's very very difficult in a century of nationalisms. You know, from uh, the eighteen seventies onwards, the unification of Germany uh, uh, and Italy, and the, the development, the, the kind of the great, the further developments of France and Russia into. Um, more coherent nation states um, meant that um, this 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 concept, this idea of nationalism, um, was um, a, a defining feature of, of of the continent, and this threatened to rip apart a multinational empire. Um, and in in addition to that, when you look at uh, Germany. Germany had um, very little by way of uh, national of, of sort of national separatism within it. I mean, there were 
some Poles in the east and some French in the in, in the west who were who had been incorporated into the Reich uh, in 1871. But by and large, social tensions divided Germany, and a um, a war was a great way of putting off these uh, social conflicts in Germany's case and um, ethnic, uh, ethno-nationalist conflicts in the case of uh, Austria-Hungary. Um, the kind of kicking the can down the road, so to speak. Every major power had, had a version of this. Russia, obviously, from 1905 onwards, was uh, riven with uh, unre- unreconciled and re- unresolved tensions. Great Britain... Um, was uh, on you know, arguably on the verge of civil war over Ireland in 1914, um, and the the, the the crises of union militancy, the civil war, the suffragette movement all coincided to um, in in as the, as is written in the, uh, the famous book, the strange death of liberal England, um, to put a kind of a definite time limit. On that um, that that kind of uh, Edwardian world, so the war uh, is seized upon by uh, obviously cynical and opportunistic political leaders and the the newspapers who support them, and the war is um, seen as a useful tool in a way of um, putting uh, away internal strife and conflict. Um, for the indefinite future. Uh, the, the irony being, of course, is four empires would be destroyed by the First World War and two empires, uh, the two remaining ones, permanently weakened. And it was entirely possible that in the case of um, Austria at least, that uh, tensions, that, that, that nationalist energies had been least, unleashed to such an extent that it became politically inconceivable that the uh, government wouldn't um, make a declaration of war uh, against uh, Serbia. Uh, and the, the government had its casus belli, had its cause for war, um, and this was uh, precisely really what, what had been sought after uh, all, all along, uh, an opportunity, an excuse to to crush the Serbs. Um, the intervention of Russia, as we shall see, um, complicates the matter and um, leads to the outbreak of a, a general war in Europe. Even though it is assumed by the Austrians that Russia won't really, really actually become involved. Okay, so we're going to finish there um, and I will catch you on the next podcast. As you can see, I'm creating a lot of content at the moment, uh, and the Explaining History website will be uh, coming soon. Um, do, if you can, uh, come, and f- come and visit us in the uh, Explaining History Facebook group. That's where um, we'll be doing you know, a few little announcements and putting some new content in there uh, in the, 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 the coming weeks and months. Um, And, um, yes, thanks very much for for listening, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 